For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. Mediators World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana. This is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. Welcome to the Florida desk. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission has, for reasons unknown, banned the future ownership, importation, and sale of some 16 snakes and reptiles. Argentine black and white tegus, green iguanas, Indian and Burmese pythons, North African pythons, Southern African pythons, amethystine python, scrub python, green anacondas, and Nile monitors will be illegal to own or breed without having the proper permit by 2024. Again, what do we have to owe to this prompt action? Burmese pythons started officially popping up and eating things in the Everglades in the 1970s, which is 51 years ago. Right now, if you aren't scratching your heads, you should be. If you've been paying attention to this podcast, you know that rarely a week goes by that some giant 14 to 16 foot python or rare songbird or endangered tortoise egg eating lizard doesn't make the news in Florida. Green iguanas were first reported in Miami-Dade County in the 1960s. One of the most destructive attributes of these invasives is their burrowing ability. They undermine seawalls, foundations, sidewalks, and when the temps drop, they freeze and fall frozen out of the trees onto Governor DeSantis' head, which is the only plausible explanation of why there is any response from the state now. Other than millions of dollars spent on marketing the Python Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl of Python catching, the state of Florida has taken no statewide action as to the root of some of these issues. The new rule will allow for current tegu and green iguana pet owners to keep their personal pets with a no-cost permit, 
The breeding of tegus and iguanas for commercial sale can continue until June 30th, 2024, but will be prohibited after that. The Nature Conservancy estimates that just the cost of invasive plants hits the $100 million mark conservatively in Florida every year. In 2020, Iguanas were listed as a contributing factor in the failure of an earthen dam, which ended up costing taxpayers $1.8 million in just one incident. The cost on Florida's native wildlife, both plant and animal, what the iguanas displace and eat, are estimated far beyond that. According to the University of Georgia Center for Invasive Species and Ecosystem Health, invasives cost the state of Florida over $500 million per year. Interestingly enough, the USDA, the University of Georgia, the University of Florida, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission, all say generally the same thing when it comes to harmful invasives. Early detection and rapid response is the second best option to prevention. Which, again, how long ago were Burmese pythons found in the Everglades? Green iguanas? Well, I mean, green iguanas, the 60s were a different time anywhere. And speaking of time, we do know time is relative, and if we're working on geologic time, the state of Florida is in fact moving lightning fast in responding to harmful invasives. The welcome sign with the neon vacancy flashing underneath? Well, don't worry about that, it'll rust itself off the post by 2024. No need to walk all the way over there and turn it off. In an effort to be somewhat fair, It is not legal to release your unwanted pets or those you cannot care for into the wild, which, there is no doubt, contributes to some of these invasive populations. What this bill is not exactly addressing head-on is, it has always been illegal in the state of Florida to breed thousands of these animals for sale. The Florida weather is kind of perfect for them, obviously, but they do get hurricanes and tropical storms and floods from time to time animals go missing. You ever seen the size of a baby green iguana or a freshly hatched Burmese python? They don't exactly stick out, almost as if nature intended them to blend in. But that's neither here nor there. Better start packing your bags, invasives. Green mussels, iguanas, tegus, brown anoles, cane toads, water hyacinth, lionfish, arapaima, tilapia, Nile monitors, Indian pythons, Burmese pythons, North African pythons, South African pythons, amesthetine pythons, scrub pythons, green anacondas. Ah, to be fair, some of these invasives aren't even on the list, but, you know, with such a strong message being sent by the state of Florida, clock is ticking. 2024 is just shy of three years away. Time is a flat circle. This week, we've got crime, good bill, bad bill, sea cucumbers, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week, as well as this podcast, is brought to you by Steel Power Equipment. The more the snow recedes, the more stuff you forgot about last year is exposed, and the more you are going to want reliable, clean, quiet tools from steel to get after that mess. Only problem is, by the time you commit to going down to one of steel's 10,000 independent dealers, they're going to be sold out. Most of you are driving while listening. Alter course and get ahead of spring with a new chain for the saw and a fresh jug of Bio Plus bar and chain, if nothing else. Hey, whatever, you heard it here. I'm not your mother. I, uh, fished Pyramid Lake 
for a quick afternoon, caught one Lahontan cutthroat and broke another off. Our group of five anglers all touched fish in three hours of fishing, which I call very good. If you're not familiar with Pyramid Lake, it is a classic Cinderella story and one we shouldn't be too comfortable with getting used to. Overexploitation and the commoditization of wildlife leads to a full collapse of a fishery and the eradication of a species. Fast forward darn near three quarters of a century, and someone finds the lost, now near mythical fish. Mythical because Lahant and Cutthroat grow huge. A recent catch went toward the 30 pound category, which is insane. Landlocked inland high desert cutthroat trout that miners and ranchers mistook for salmon and sold by the barrel to fancy restaurants over the mountains in San Francisco. The Paiute tribe manages the fishery, and a hatchery program have repopulated the Lahontan cutthroat to Pyramid Lake. From conservation failure comes conservation success. Can't have just a boring old giant fish story now, can we? Snort report. I'm working on snort on whistle commands and multiple dummies. Turns out she is a puppy after all. Not necessarily the prodigy I'd crept her up to be. She knows exactly what I'm doing, challenging her mentally, mixing the game up with multiple dummies on the ground, etc. Eventually, she just takes off, ignores me, rounds everything up, and looks at me like, why make this so complicated? As with all training, the failures that we have in the field are largely due to the human and not the dog. Gotta crawl before we can walk. Thank you to everyone who keeps sending in simple recipes for waterfowl so we can teach these waterfowl wasters how to cook. Michael Mancini writes in with maple bourbon glaze. This glaze can be added to anything, but I really like it on cubed duck breast served on a skewer. Maple syrup, good quality bourbon, black peppercorns, and bacon. Two whole duck breasts. Crisp the bacon. Sear the duck breast to medium rare. Cube, wrap with crisp bacon. Skewer, set aside. Add the maple syrup and bourbon and peppercorn to a saucepan. Bring the sauce to a roll. Let it cook until thickened and the alcohol is burned off. Coat the skewers in the glaze and serve. Now, the original intent of this segment was for college kids who wasted a bunch of waterfowl outside of Boise. So the bourbon may not make it through to the recipe, but thank you anyway, Michael. Here's a quick one from uh, yours truly. Beer butt, goose, or fat mallard. I have a Traeger, like, you know, pellet grill. Not just name dropping, I've been using them for a long time. Indirect heat with lots of air circulation is great for, like, making crispy skin and rendering fat, and it's just good for wild game. For fat birds, like ducks and geese, get the blackened Saskatchewan rub from Traeger, then score your plucked fat duck or goose with a sharp knife wherever it's super fatty, try just to cut the skin without exposing the meat, rub liberally with the blackened Saskatchewan rub, which contains enough salt to de-ice I-90 here in the Montana winter, let it sit uncovered and well-circulated, like on a cooling rack in the refrigerator for an hour or two. Not much longer than that. Get your pellet grill up to 350, put a beer can in the cavity of the bird, This is, in my opinion, a kickstand for the bird and does nothing really for flavor. However, the bird standing upright with no real contact points gets maximum air circulation. Ducks will take anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes, geese anywhere from 45 to an hour, maybe an hour and 15. 
get them to medium rare, use an instant read thermometer right next to the bone, center of the breast, thickest part. You should be pulling that bird off at 130 to 135 degrees and letting it rest. I should mention, you'll need to pull the beer can from the bird cavity. Use the thermometer. Nobody likes overcooked duck. It will look awesome. It will taste awesome. It is all us carnivorous folks really want. Fat and salt. Word of caution, don't salt any of the other side dishes you may come up with. That rub will uh, carry over. Moving on. Good bill. Good. The state of Wyoming, House Bill 0122, would create an account to fund the Access Yes program, which is a private land public access program, more access to quality opportunity, landowners who would like to participate can get some cash for doing so. I hunt a ton of this type of stuff. The funds would be provided for by an increase of $9 to the state conservation stamp, of which somewhere in the neighborhood of 185,000 stamps are sold each year. The price of the conservation stamp has not seen an increase in more than a decade, meaning it isn't even keeping up with inflation. This is a good bill. If you recreate in the state of Wyoming, it would be great to tell folks you do and would love to see HB 0122 pass without amendment. Resident or non-resident would benefit from more access to quality ground. If you need a helping hand on who to contact, go to wyomingwildlife.org. You'll find it there. Because it is so easy to find balance this legislative session, SF0103, also in the state of Wyoming, would increase the cost of non-resident tags to the point where instead of pickup trucks heading for the Cowboys state, you'd only see Bentleys and Rolls Royces. That's right, the whole damn state would turn into Jackson Hole. Just kidding. SFO103 would further limit the ability for non-residents to draw coveted tags like moose, goat, and sheep by providing zero non-resident opportunities in units that have 10 tags or less, and the aforementioned price increase. 600 bucks for an antelope tag. Which, hey, if I'm a resident in the state of Wyoming, I'm thinking, you know, this is great for me. But if you expand your circle out beyond yourself, let's say to your uh, brother, sister, cousin, or somebody who lives out of state, this is very, very limiting. Moving on to the state of Iowa, if you are a law-abiding citizen, doesn't matter if you fish or hunt, Senate File 464, introduced by Senator Ken Rosenboom, is something you should pay attention to. If enacted by the General Assembly, Senate File 464 would reimburse poachers for any fines they paid for illegally killing white-tailed does. It doesn't matter if they were killed from a road, across a road, at night, with the spotlight, over bait, or over your gate. If Senate File 464 were successful, poachers would be reimbursed for any fines they received, and would receive no fines in the future if caught killing for whatever reasons poachers kill. Most importantly, that meat, that delicious Iowa GMO corn-fed whitetail, can just rot along the road or in the field with no restitution to the state. This is great, makes total sense, and is even less work for us. We fully support 464, said poachers. Has Senator Rosenboom seriously never heard of crime doesn't pay? 
I guess, to be fair, 464 would be crime gets reimbursed. I didn't see in the bill anywhere where it tells you to submit for reimbursement. Hey, you remember me, that guy in the paper, killing all the deer? Yeah, I need to get reimbursed for that. Is there a poacher's lobby or caucus in the state of Iowa that I'm just not aware of? Or any law enforcement, for that matter? Yes, lawmakers of the state of Iowa, I'm representing the poacher's caucus today. Have you heard of crime doesn't pay? Yes. Well, I'm here to ask, what if it did? Hmm. No, you guys don't like that one? How about crime breaks even? (gasps) Really? You want to give us poachers who are criminals our money back for breaking the law and stealing from you? Yes. This has been a great day, a historic day for the Poachers Caucus in Iowa. I agree. If you believe in law and order and visit the state of Iowa, I would consider giving Senator Rosenboom a call. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver, off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Moving on. South Dakota 
Bill HB1140, we mentioned here at the Week in Review, that would restrict a game warden's ability to observe or enter private land, has been squashed. Well done, South Dakota. Now, I did have a few folks write in questioning my values in regards to private property and illegal search and seizure. Wildlife in America belongs to all of us. It is managed in trust by the states. There are a ton of examples that make this difficult. One is, how do you police an animal that has no respect for private property? Now, we can, for the sake of argument, even though I don't like to call that animal an asset, it is unfortunate, but we do put price tags on animals. A trophy bull elk, for instance, has a dollar value assigned to it when taken illegally. A trophy bull in the state of Montana is an $8,000 bill. Now, $8,000 bills I don't believe exist. If they do, I haven't seen one, but let's call an elk an $8,000 bill walking around, right, that we all own. That $8,000 bill can jump from your place to the neighbor's place, back again, and then on to public land, whenever it so chooses. So imagine that we collectively own this $8,000 bill, and we only get to keep people who want to steal it for themselves accountable on one side of the fence. In this little make-believe scenario I brought up would be one-third of the time. That'd be pretty unsettling, right? And you got to keep in mind, right, the context of wildlife in America. Like most of these elk that we're hunting in the state of Montana were gone from the state of Montana. The aforementioned Jackson Hole supplied elk just about everywhere we hunt them today. We're just like spitting distance from a time where just seeing an elk was something extraordinary because they just did not exist. But anyway, the Fourth Amendment has an exception called the Open Field Doctrine which in a very general interpretation means open fields, not your house, yard behind the picket fence, truck, or even detached garage, but the private property beyond that, the open field, which is where you would more than likely be hunting, fishing, and engaging with the state's wildlife, which it manages in trust for us. And when we talk about these bills that would limit state wildlife officers from entering property with due cause, right, with the intention of protecting this public trust, that is what we are referring to, the open field. It's tricky, isn't it? All right, one last bad bill. This one, sponsored by one Wiley Galt here in the state of Montana. I had previously mentioned this one, but it was not an actual bill yet, and all I could do was just hope it would die before it came out of the shadows. I am inevitable. HB 505 would up the ante for landowner either sex elk tags from a possible two per 640 contiguous acres to a possible 10 and give five bonus points to landowner sponsored cow elk tag holders. If we want to be old timey here, I think we could safely call this bill cronyism. He who has the gold makes the rules. Only in this case, if you control the elk, you make the rules. HB 505 is turning the public's elk into future favors or compensation. Here is just one for instance for you. If you have been wanting to get a special draw permit and saving those bonus points, of which you get one per year, for 10 or 15 years to make that dream of, you know, some super hard to draw bull tag happen, if HB 505 were to be successful and pass, What took you 10 years would only take someone else with landowner cow elk sponsorship two years, 
what took you 15 years would take somebody with landowner cow elk sponsorship three years to achieve. Meanwhile, they get to hunt cow elk on private ranches. Now, I just want to ask the question, do you think this is to incentivize cow elk hunters? Or maybe... Certainly makes my imagination run wild. If you live in Montana or recreate in the state of Montana, I'd call your duly elected officials and let them know this is not the way you want your wildlife managed. This bill goes in front of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Committee March 9th, which means you need to pull over and make a phone call to all members of the committee who can be found at 406-444-2554. You can always contact Wiley Galt directly, 406-220-0157, or email at Wiley, W-Y-L-I-G-A-L-T-F-O-R-M-T at gmail.com. I'd probably just start by asking, how is this supposed to benefit the state of Montana? Moving on to the monumental digestion desk. The lowly sea cucumber, that unglamorous hose-like bottom feeder. Listen, we've moved off politics, I swear. Just pay attention. The sea cucumber, that hose-like bottom feeder, has been getting some richly deserved attention recently. A study published in the journal Coral Reefs puts it in perspective, just how much the sea cucumber contributes to its overall ecosystem. Now, fans of the Meat Eater TV show will be familiar with the red sea cucumber, which Steve Rinella is very fond of diving up in Alaska. The study in question, however, looks at a different sea cucumber species, Holothuria atra, which is native to the Heron Island Reef in Queensland, Australia. If the variety up in Alaska resembles a kielbasa with radioactive spikes growing out of it, then Holothuria atra is much more plain. It looks like an enormous black earthworm. And the resemblance to the earthworm is not coincidental. Both sea cucumbers and earthworms carry out something called bioturbation, which is like the million-dollar word of the day. You guys remember Pee-wee's Playhouse? You all remember what to do whenever anyone says a secret word, right? Scream! Right! Anyway, bioturbation (laughs) is the turning over or beneficial disruption of soil in an ecosystem. The sea cucumber ingests sediment along the ocean floor, drawing out nutrients, and then poops that sediment out. Here's where it gets fun. The paper's authors calculate that all the sea cucumbers on the Heron Island Reef generate over 64,000 metric tons of poop per year, the equivalent of five Eiffel Towers. That is just in one particular seven-square-mile reef. To be clear, this is a metaphor, right? A poop metaphor for uh, quantity. They didn't actually eat an Eiffel Tower. Interestingly enough, the literal eating of objects is a condition known as pica. Not that cute little uh, high alpine uh, squirrel. One particularly ambitious man afflicted with pica, Michael Lotito, once ate and excreted an entire Cessna 150 airplane over the course of two years. That's just a fun side fact for you. Now, the sheer scale of the excretory accomplishment should be given its due. And I'm back to sea cucumbers here to be clear. If sea cucumbers poop out five Eiffel Towers a year just on this one small reef, think of the turnover or bioturbation that is happening across the ocean. 
The ocean floor is estimated at 140 million square miles multiplied by 64,000 metric tons. Hold the one, uh, divide by Eiffel Tower. Uh, That's a lot of sea cucumber poop, kids. By turning over that much earth, the sea cucumber makes nutrients available to a huge number of other species in the ecosystem. Bioturbation allows oxygen to penetrate the sediment, and it makes the ocean floor less dense, allowing burrowing fish and crustaceans to find shelter. (laughs) Charles Darwin himself knew the importance of this dynamic in transforming the landscape. The last book Darwin wrote was about worms, whose bioturbation allows grasses to grow, animals to graze, soils to be produced from the bodies of those animals once they die, and on and on. On worms, Darwin wrote, it may be doubted whether there are many other animals which have played so important a part in the history of the world, as have these lowly organized creatures. And so, it is not much of an overstatement to say that if the sea cucumbers were gone, the reef itself would be gone too. And this is what the scientists want to emphasize with this study. Even though the sea cucumber might not look like it's doing much, and even though it's starting to get more popular as seafood, keeping its numbers healthy is an absolute necessity. So no more making fun of sea cucumbers by calling them the ocean's colon. No more jokes about five Eiffel Towers worth of poop, and no more giggling when you find out that another species, the eel-like pearlfish, often take shelter by slithering into the sea cucumber's rectum. This is serious stuff here. It's the future of the planet. Good screaming, everybody! Mm. Moving on. Alligators handled the cold temps experienced in the Gulf surprisingly well. As reported in the Oklahoman newspaper, several eyewitnesses reported alligator snouts poking up through ice in the Red Slough wetlands in the southeast part of the state. These weren't scenes of alligators tragically frozen while trying to escape the water, but rather a strategy by alligators to calmly wait out the cold. It is a phenomenon known as brumation, in which reptiles slow their metabolism in order to conserve energy and survive the cold. In this state, reptiles don't need to eat, defecate, or move, and their oxygen intake and heart rate plunge. This is similar to hibernation in mammals, but in hibernation, a mouse or a bear will become fully unconscious for the duration of the period of slowed metabolism. During brumation, in contrast, reptiles are still conscious and continue to drink, and they will begin to move to find food if the temperature around them increases. A third kind of metabolism slowdown, estivation, takes place in extreme heat. Reptiles, insects, and mammals will bring their heart rate and breathing to a near standstill in order to remain cool while saving energy. And so our Oklahoman alligators, with their snouts through the ice, were just setting themselves up with everything they needed for brumation, a little bit of oxygen, and a stable place to rest. In the less extreme cold, alligators typically brumate in dens or burrows, but during a hard freeze like this one, that would put them at risk of being frozen in place. So they set up in open water and snorkel their snouts through the ice. Another advantage alligators have, their exteriors are made of cartilage, which requires much less blood flow than skin, so they're in no danger of frostbite, which kind of makes me jealous. It also makes me ask the question, if you had to identify as one, 
Would you be a brewmater, a hibernator, or a estivator? I fancy myself kind of an estivation type of guy. That's all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. We're almost through with this legislative session, and we'll get back to fun facts and bad criminals, I swear. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks, sent right to your door visit mauinuivenison.com that's m-a-u-i-n-u-i venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order